Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's Vindo with Robert Hollinshead. Good day, Bob. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. I know you're Sean. How are you, my friend? Uh, yeah, I, I, I caught the I caught this thing. This thing is yeah. not a joke. It's like for real, buddy. And when you're 70 years old, it like hits you in the nose. You, yeah. It's like getting a punch first time you get smacked in the nose when you're in seventh grade with the first real fist fight. You follow? <laughs> you get that stinger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, if you got to take if you got to take a break to uh, you know we will be fine. I'm sure we'll get through this. Um, there's yeah, lots on the go. Absolutely. I was just commenting. I was just commenting that you had one of those Lucid uh, Motors electric cars uh, through the lanes the other day. Yeah, the first one I had them. seen come up for wholesale, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, everything's moving around. There's no question about it. It's people buy it, they can make a profit. Everybody's a whore. They got to you know. A lot of people take a little. Take a little uh, profit and run, man. You know what I mean? Nobody's committed yeah. to any of these junks, you know? It's amazing. So just a funny side story, quick, Shawnee, just to start, right? So I've been doing this for a long time, and everybody gets sick of hearing that, but it's true. It's I'm over 50 years doing this shit. And <laughs> first time this has ever happened. I mean, we used to go through a period where we get cars stolen off trucks, cars out of auction, you know, things stolen, replated, whatever. Um, last night we had a, one of our guys, uh, pinched a, a, like a next to new Volvo, a 2022 Volvo got traded at a Lexus store. So he, he grabbed the keys, took it out and he's taking a, a one of our attorneys to dinner last night. It's his birthday. Uh, 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 Mr. Frankenstein, Hankenstein, Hanken, the best attorney in the United States or Canada, by the way. And. You know, they come out from having dinner, and they had the car parked right in front of the restaurant, and it's stolen, a 2022 Volvo. Now, it, I thought they were playing with me when it, when, when I heard the you know, car got stolen. Because when you stop and think about this, in my entire life, you know, we've had all kinds of things stolen, but we never had a Volvo stolen. Like, who's stealing a Volvo? <laughs> I mean, you ain't parting the Volvo out, right? It's not getting exported. It's not going in the container to, to Venezuela or something. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a Volvo that got stolen in front of the restaurant. I don't know. Maybe that's not funny. To me, it's hilarious. It's not funny. We got a car stolen. It's a 60G car, right? But I'm trying to figure out, and I can't wait to find out, who stole it and what's the reason behind it. <laughs> it's not like it's a Civic you know, uh, uh, type something or other where they're going to chop it up and put it in a, in a, uh, in a you know, port the thing out. It's a Volvo. So well, I got, I got I a Volvo. I got, well, it brought up a bad memory for me. I got my Volvo stolen story for you then. So we had the, um, uh, well, I, I agree. So these, uh, our yard manager opened up the gates for the auction because the snowplow was coming in because it was winter time and, he opened it up at five in the morning, about five thirty in the morning. Some guys came in, stole an old Volvo station wagon, uh, used it to well, that's grab different, one of those. Though. That's different. They stole a car. They didn't steal a Volvo. They stole. They stole that's a car. True. You follow me? That's true. But when you're so aiming they, at some late model, there's got to be a reason behind it. You got you got something going on, right? Ain't nobody steal. Google the number of cars stole. Volvo is the last manufacturer to have cars stolen. It's like it's point, out of a hundred thousand. I would agree. It's less than one percent. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry. I'll just, just I'll just, no, no, no. I'll just finish off my story. So we ended up that while the police found the Volvo uh, weeks later, months later, even in the back in the woods, um, started right up. It was used in some sort of ATM, uh, grab one of those old cash machine ATMs at the convenience store, ice or whatever, Mm -hmm. gave it back to us uh, and uh, put it through the lanes and it brought the same money that it was worth, uh, what, months later? As as most cars normally do. That's right. It's (laughs) comical when I listen to people fist fighting over a CR or a PDR or some sort of something that's wrong with the car and, you know, give it back and arbitrate it. It's absolutely comical, but it's, it's almost like chiseled in granite when something's wrong rather than pissing everybody off in the chain of command, they wouldn't answer the phone. He doesn't do anything. The time is up. The 10 days is over. Just go sell the car again. I'm telling you that more than 60% of the time, the car brings as much or more money. And everybody's temperature can go down and you don't need to take Prozac and, you know, like all kinds of things, man, you know, get over it and just like, uh, go do it again, put it out of your mind and everybody stays normal. Uh, it, it, it happens all the time. In fact, it's a high percentage of times a car brings more, you know what I mean? I don't know how we got on that, but it's, uh, that's been no. my experience. Well, and I was kind of briefly chatting with you about, um, before the call about how dealers seem to be putting vehicles up on multiple different marketplaces, trying to get the money. And you said, well, it's all about relationships um, and, or the lack of. Sure, we're going to have to go down that into? rabbit hole a different time because that, that requires like a whole different mindset. Uh, it's where, you know, you have a lot of guys <coughs> try to get the last 15 cents for a car. And in the process of doing that, they get less. Because when you actually have a relationship with people that you're doing business with and you need to be at the, you know, like you need something to happen, you need another four grand to make a deal and you got a relationship. I can only tell you hundreds of thousands of times where somebody that's doing business with us that really needs something to make a deal. um, We absolutely will do it with our eyes closed and nothing to talk about. Uh, That don't happen when, you know, uh, you're whoring a car out to 50 different places and, there is no reciprocity. That's a whole separate issue. Uh, probably a bad topic to get onto uh, uh, today. You follow me? Uh, but I think uh, if anything happens to be an axiom in the business that we're in, um, that turns out to be uh, um, uh, one that is almost never broken. You follow me? Um, uh, where you're actually doing business with people you can trust that actually are uh, not scam artists. <clears throat> that really do need help and they can reach out and actually uh, uh, find that help at will. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a different circumstance. That's a whole different topic today. Shawnee, I was thinking about just bringing up the topic that, you know, uh, 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 Brian Kramer has finally been landed um, um, to lead AccuTrade, which to me is a phenomenal thing. Um, I've been uh, talking to Brian for probably a year or so. Um, following how they've actually used our tool in their dealership to, you know, we have a lot of dealers at this point in large uh, dealer groups that are um, turning out to be the cream of the crop because of uh, using our tool um, in comparison to other stores in their groups. And what we're finding is that um, when it's used the way we designed it to be used uh, for communication capability, for insurance, for you know, um, the ability to uh, actually help a salesperson and a consumer, as well as the manager, to understand, you know, cat or dog DNA 
um, um, what is actually a fair price for something and rationalize it in a way that um, 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 is it's not just verbal, it's visual, and then it's factual, and then it's scientific by the time you get to the uh, leveraging uh, um, uh, the uh, EKG or what we call the uh, OBD Vintel, right? Uh, all of these things, when they actually are used in a consistent manner, uh, incrementally, the rooftop actually starts to excel, right? Because they trade for less, they trade easier, they trade with better communication, they trade for to be a cat when it's a cat, a dog when it is a dog, and it's not random. Uh, let's call it the luck that you traded a car to be a cat when it turns out to be a dog, and then going through the torture session with, you know, uh, uh, the service department um, actually coming out and breaking your bubble because it's a, a an absolute turd when we traded it to be a shiny little object. Do you follow me? So all of these things, and Brian has led the charge in his use case in his stores um, in a way that it, it basically changed the culture. And um, uh, it, it, it kind of like uh, gets the entire dealership on board with a process that, uh, and you can use it and they do use it in conjunction with other uh, uh, platforms for, uh, uh, other reasons, but when it comes to service drive acquisition, uh, it's it's in a different class. It's not even in the same category. When it comes to uh, you know a salesperson being involved in the trade process, which you know that actually rubs off, believe it or not, uh, uh, into the conversation with the consumer. So it it just kind of like morphs the um, the energy and the uh, uh, the honesty and the uh, um, um, I would call it the legitimacy of the process. And um, because of Brian's success with that, separate from his pedigree, I mean, the guy's got unbelievable pedigrees. He's got a, a deep history in retail success uh, um, simultaneously uh, having success in the wholesale side, uh, uh, being a, a new car dealer. It, it's uh, and not And recognizing the fact that you don't ignore wholesale because it goes back to the old story, Shawnee. If you're not the best end user, there's no shame in recognizing it and finding the best end user to actually get actual cash market value for that vehicle. Fast, easy, in the bank, next case. You see? So I'm very, I'm very, very happy that we now have, I think, what I'm calling them the Pope. Uh, I would say the spokesperson that has skin in the game, that has um, experiential knowledge of how we built and what we built and how it's leveraged in, in the showroom. That in conjunction with the, uh, again, the leveraging of the uh, OBD, the EKG, the reading of the heart monitor of the vehicle, talking to the appraiser before you've welded yourself in those hamburgers. You follow me? There's no shame in knowledge. Knowledge is actually... Um, nothing to be embarrassed of. And if we have the knowledge prior to pulling the trigger, uh, going in deeper on a 122,000-mile car that you're not going to spend money on, or going in a little more shallow in a off-brand unit with 42,000 miles that's going to take a, let's call it a, uh, a, a rebuild in the uh, reconditioning department, in order to get it to the point where you might be able to retail it. It's just incremental use of 
the um, historic and, and, and current um, 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 data that surrounds every VIN before you touch it, while you're touching it, um, after you've already owned it. And um, because we have a need for, in my estimation, a, um, a legitimate voice that is a, I hate to say it, a do-shitter, not a pontificator, someone who's experienced um, 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 you know, the, uh, the set that we've built, to be able to speak the language to a dealer um, where we're not telling a dealer without experience how to do his job better, but helping them understand how you can leverage our stuff in order to actually make not only your job easier, but more efficient. And I would say uh, in the world that we live in, uh, efficiency is at the top of the uh, order of uh, things that everybody dreams of, right? In other words, there's only X amount of time in a day. Um, And uh, as, you know, the way our worlds are evolving, there's no time to take a private uh, defecation. You, you see what I'm saying? It's just like uh, morning to night. You're on a uh, a curve of activity that uh, it don't give you any five seconds uh, to do anything outside of the uh, um, 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 what the nose is on a grindstone doing. And my feeling is our tool set actually it it uh, facilitates that. If, if that makes sense to you, Sean. I like so it. That's it, the it, number it, one thing. That's exciting. No, sorry. Go ahead. I'm no. I'm just super excited about uh, Brian heading the charge. It's it's going to be. I think you nailed it with the product, and you nailed it with him. Energy, honesty, and legitimacy. So it's it's super cool. And and we got to have experiential. It's this where we. I know I overused the the, uh, Max Planck example of, um, you know, um, how experience is more important than um, you know, like formal learning. Experiential knowledge uh, supersedes anybody reading the book and and then trying to explain what it is you want to say. Um, being in the trenches, being face to face, having a juggler vein pounding a little bit when you get stuck in a weird spot, uh, and knowing how to uh, actually uh, uh, find your way to the promised land in those circumstances—that's something that you don't learn in a book. Um, it's something that it requires being on the hot seat, uh, how to handle a hot potato and doing it uh, correctly where you have a high percentage of wins, right? Um, if you don't have that, it's so difficult, no matter how much artificial uh, uh, excitement you want to infuse into something, um, car dealers are not stupid. I, I, you know, I've said it many times. I believe we're the most resourceful people that I've ever had experience dealing with, including lawyers and doctors, including professors. Um, it's difficult to bullshit a, a car dealer. Uh, they smell it, they see it. Uh, and when they experience something that actually is useful to them, um, you, you have a, uh, um, a different set of uh, commitments to it. It becomes part of the DNA of their activity. And um, my feeling is, and until now, I, I believe I'm, I'm accurate, uh, when you're actually being introduced to a, uh, I think, a, uh, you know, a, a platform that it really is built to, um, um, to be part of a dealer's daily operational skill set, when you have somebody that's actually experienced it to help you through 
that can read, you know, the personality of the dealerships to, to understand how in instances this will be a uh, a winner for them. Um, it's it's really exciting to me. Um, dealers that have started to use it the way we have designed it in the service drive. You know, we have guys that are buying 40 and 50 cars a month that never systemically bought cars out of the service drive. Now, you have to think about what that means. You're buying cars with pedigree. Um, You're trading cars with pedigree. It means you more than likely sold that sucker new. Um, The probability of that being a better retail uh, unit is algebraically higher than being a random buyer in a marketplace that's, you know, more than likely a car that's flunked somebody else's shop, and now you're going to try to act as if this is going to be a great purchase. You're buying something that is in your. There's no transportation. There's no. There's no entire day sitting there going through CRs, breaking balls, trying to find a car that you think you pinched. No, these are cars that are already there. Um, they're not from Syracuse with surface rust under the who knows what. Uh, these are cars that are sitting there. So when somebody says, where'd this car come from? Well, Mr. McGillicuddy, two doors down from you, that's where the car was sold to. See, that's a different conversation. That That's different when you're bumping them for a couple extra bucks because they actually know that they're buying something that is, uh, you know, something close to being a human's automobile, right? Not an X rental, who knows what, right? It's something. So as we start to leverage this, and you know, the way the the auto industry has always devolved, the service and sales are completely separated. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Service manager and sales manager never talk to one another. Therefore, who's in for service today? Nobody pays attention. If they do, they paid attention for two days uh, last month. They didn't have any success yet, and therefore they forgot about it again. And therefore, service has nothing to do with sales. The fact is, when it's done. In a, um, let's call it a methodic, if you spent the same time in service drive as you spend going to 12 auctions in a week, uh, you would double the number of cars you're buying and the quality of the cars would be better. And of course you're saying, well, what about the cars with 180,000? Well, of course those cars you're looking to buy out of the service drive. Because without any question or doubt, if you have no fear of wholesale, like CarMax and anybody else that's successful, you have an outlet for those cars to actually make profit. Uh, I'll say it again. I've said it many times. Your bank account doesn't ask the question, well, was this wholesale profit or was it retail profit? The bank doesn't know, nor do they care. They know you paid X and you brought in Y. If that's true, it turns out to be a profit. If it's a profit that got manufactured out of your service department because it's not a car that you want to put on your front line because it is adverse selection for whatever reason. 14 bad car faxes and knocking the motor don't make no difference. If you bought it to be 14 bad car faxes and knocking the motor and you put it in the right marketplace, you're going to make a wholesale profit. Once again, it, to ignore that um, would be, uh, in my estimation, ignoring uh, the New Testament because you're only interested in the Old Testament doesn't make any sense. There's no there's no rational conversation that you could actually surround that <clears throat> that attitude with to actually become out to uh, turn out to make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm I'm sorry to get off on that tangent, but it's it's really exciting to me when we actually start to watch dealers to put the attention to. Uh, many have you know when we first started the uh, trade and marketplace now instant cash offer. 
you know, we actually had like, the, the Sims group out in California was an early adopter and they actually took a whole building and they, and they, they dedicated specific people just to follow the leads. So, wow, that's unbelievable. And what's happened was over time that has evolved into the best case user actually takes a specific person to follow those leads coming from Kelly and from auto trader to actually uh, go uh, hound the seller and pinch them little babies, right? You can't do it casually. Um, you got to do it, it with direction and with intention and it works. It really does work. I mean, let's be realistic about it right now. If we do the same thing in service drive, where we actually encourage um, um, guys to uh, hire people at a, a wage, whatever the wage is, pick a wage, it don't matter, and then incentivate for each car that's purchased, what you wind up with is a very motivated uh, individual that actually is going through your 142 ROs for the day, that actually really does pick the cars and do the right condition report with the OBD. So then when we're sending the lead into the acquisition manager or a new car lead, because now they want to trade, they don't want to just sell, uh, to, 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 to let's say, say uh, uh, put those leads into the right hands where they're not just getting followed, but they're getting followed with all the data, the incremental information. Did we sell it new? Yes or no. Is it a conquest lead? Yes or no. Is this a car we would keep? Is it not? If it's not, let's send it to the person who understands what we're going to do with it if we don't keep it, right? So it's a really simple process. And and those leads are not warm. They're red, red hot. You're actually taking the vast majority of these people by surprise. They weren't even thinking about uh, making a transaction to sell or trade. But now you're whacking them with the information necessary to create the conversation, Shawnee. How much did they sell for new? Well, our tool shows you what they what they bought it for new. It, it also shows if it's a second, third, or 15th owner. So now we know if we have cat or dog. We also know if the car, etc. And therefore, when we have the equipment, the pictures, the dent and scratch, all in one place, and deliver that to the person that is the lead's best end user, um, we're off to the races. It's not unusual to pick two or three or four cars in a day. Um, when you stop and think about it, um, it's as natural as the sun coming up in the morning, but you have to handle it as if it's real. If your used car manager went out and bought four cars a day at the auction, you'd think he's a superstar, a super, he's a super duper star coming home with them P numbers that he's absolutely clubbed in the back of his head with in order to force them through and then rationalize, we'll pick up some money in a shop and then we'll pick up some money somewhere else and we'll pick up something else. Well, that's good. But if you did the same thing in service drive, I think your net number, you're not going to be cringing. The sales force isn't cringing when they see the P number because the P number obviously means it's a pinched car outside there. Oh, it's not so pinched. It means it's, overpaid for a car because there's auction fees and in other words transportation costs along with random shop bills that you didn't know about before you pinched it right um all of those things uh, again incrementally as we walk that back it turns out that service drive is uh, uh in my estimation uh, a man a, a person a purchaser's best friend 
it's probably too much for today, Shawnee. But it, it to me, it's very exciting, especially since we have somebody. You know, uh, obviously, uh, we believe uh, 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 Brian used our tool set and is going to be uh, again uh, the minister of the tool set. But there. Their store was buying 80 cars a month out of service drive, 80, as in A to 80. Um, now, when you stop and think about that, um, um, how much time does that save of somebody needing to go to the auction and find those 80 cars? That ain't such an easy job. That's actually a full-time job. And then when you think about how they do their turn, their turn's unbelievable. I've never seen inventory that's better than theirs. But... It, but when you stop and think about it, the inventory, the vast majority has pedigree. Not your salesperson. They, their sales force doesn't have the approach avoidance thing when the customer says, well, where'd that car come from? Well, it's funny you ask that, folks. We sold the car new. You see, when well, uh, we, we have a professional buyer. He goes to the auction. He buys cars on marketplaces. Um, now, nah, see, that, that story starts to get a little fumblecated. You follow me? It's different. Attitude is different. See, we know why cars turn out to be 30, 60 day cars. They stink like rats rear end. Customer gets in. What is car stinks? Salesperson walks that car never, ever in a million years will put the key in that door to show a customer again. Right? So, so when we have these uh, approach avoidance issues with cars that are aging out, you follow me? You might even be the one that traded it. And therefore, you don't really give a rat's rear end if the dealership ever sells it, and you're definitely not going to take your new up. You only get two ups a day. You're not going to take your up to that car. So these are simple facts of life. Well, my salespeople don't do that. Yeah, um, you're sucking a lollipop if you believe that's not true. And therefore, again, and, and I'm not saying it's the only solution in the world. Used car dealer can't do it because used car dealer don't have a service department. So, so this is basically franchise-specific conversation. But when you actually leverage it, I think it's uh, um, um, it's something that will not be overlooked by anybody that ha- is inclined to think about what they're doing. Does that make any sense to you at all, Shawnee? Or are you snoring over there? Yeah, I'm not snoring <laughs> in the least. All I want to say is that anybody out there listening, though, if you're an Accutrade user or going to become one in this sorry bob but I, I know you don't like me doing this but uh in the show notes check it out get a demo because we can show you the process that you know best in class dealerships are using to acquire these vehicles at a service drive so uh, just check the show notes and uh click on get a demo because it's happening and it can happen well for your dealership it, it really will happen for anybody that actually uh, has the inclination to pay attention there's no question in my mind about it. So, um, and I'm not, again, this is, of course, it's our tool. Of course, it's our product. Of course, it's our pedigree that built the thing. All right. So it's not as if this is without shame whatsoever in terms of promoting it, that it just happens to be when it's true and it actually works uh, for us not to uh, show a little uh, less shame than we should. Um, would be also, I think, uh, incorrect, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we got plenty I of testimonials right. at this point of guys that, uh, you know, they swear by it, and they're at the top of their group. So it can't just be that they like this dumb, big, fat Irish guy, and they want to kiss our ass somehow. That's not the deal, brother. The thing actually works. All right, Shawnee. Awesome. 
Thank you, sir. Hope everybody has fun today.